0: Hey there, I'm Osman Faruqi and welcome to The Culture, a weekly show from Schwartz Media where we take a deep dive into the latest in the world of music, streaming, TV, film and everything in arts and entertainment. Do you recognise that music? If you do, you're probably feeling some mixed emotions right now because it's probably going to be one of the last times you'll hear it. And if you don't recognize the song, well, then you probably have no idea that it's the theme to a TV show that has shaped your life and the world around you without you even knowing. Of course, I'm talking about Keeping Up with the Kardashians, which just wrapped up last month. That's right, after 14 years and 20 seasons, not to mention the spin offs the show that gave us intimate yet still very highly produced glimpses into the lives of some of the most famous people in the world is done. It's over. It's finished. No more family feuds on TV. No more iconic memes, at least for now. And I've got to say, I'm pretty sad. The show's been on TV for nearly half my life. I've actually watched most of it. I've seen the family grow and change, I've seen the enormous, enormous impact it's had on the culture. But despite how popular it is, the the family, the show, in particular Kim Kardashian herself, are, are pretty polarizing. They've had their fair share of detractors and there's plenty of people that talk proudly about how they've never even seen an episode. And a decent chunk of the viewing audience, I think, are also people who happily admit that they hate watchers. But wherever you sit, the influence of the Kardashians and the show Keeping Up With The Kardashians is really hard to deny. So what does it all mean now that it's finishing up? Well, to help me find out, I'm joined on this episode of The Culture by the critic and writer Brody Lancaster, who also happens to be Australia's foremost expert on the Kardashian clan. Brody, thanks so much for joining me on The Culture. Thanks, Oz. Brody, I feel like despite this show being so enormously popular and successful and Kim Kardashian having such a broad influence on so many things in the culture and in politics, there are still a lot of people that kind of look down on it. Maybe they don't watch it. Maybe they hate watch it. Maybe they roll their eyes when their name is mentioned.
1: For the past 14 years, our family has invited cameras inside our homes to document our most personal moments. What? What? <laughs> We have shared the ordinary and extraordinary. What's the Lord be with you? Our triumphs. My God, the Victoria's Secret fashion show. He looks like a model. He looks like a model. (laughs) And our tragedies. Like this is my life.
0: But I want to ask you if you're someone who has not engaged with the show at all, and you're maybe listening to us talk about this now, and you're wondering why on earth we're wasting our time. How how would you summarise the importance right now in this moment in 2021 of not just Kim Kardashian but the family, the phenomenon?
2: I think if you are a person who has been exposed to popular music, especially rap music, fashion and trends in beauty, skincare, surgery, if you have any fleeting awareness of influencer culture – And also if you paid attention to the fact that for the last four years the American president was a reality star, then you have been exposed in some way to like the Kardashian effect and the fact that they have had this really kind of like hard-to-pin-down influence on so much of popular culture in the last, I would say, ten years. Before that, less so. um, They were kind of trying to become popular culture for a long time and once they got there, it's kind of they've reached kind of unforeseen corners of the world.
0: Yeah, let's explore that a bit more.
2: I I mean, it seems
0: hard to miss the impact that Kim in particular has had on the world of fashion culture and beauty.
2: Yeah, I mean, Kim kind of started this or created this image of herself, which was... Like I'm very specific in saying the word created. She was not born looking the way that she does. We have seen her change over the last 15 years. And in a lot of ways her sisters picked up the same physical traits as her Her sister's friends who by association with the family became elevated, have millions of followers on social media of their own. So they created this image of beauty that is like so specific to them that it's really hard to remember a time when the ideal woman w- did not have, like, a tiny waist, an enormous, like, butt and thighs and these really engorged, overblown lips. I've This is, like, a side note, but I've been re-watching um, The Hills recently and just it's really kind of jarring to see that the celebrity, like, tabloid stars and reality stars of the mid-2000s were just, like, girls with, like brows that sat at a normal level, their eyebrows weren't arched, their faces weren't completely smooth, their lips were of a natural, like, thinness, mm-hmm. um, and it's that has made me really aware of how much, I don't think we're even cognizant of how much beauty standards change until you look at things like that. But, you know, the Kardashians, in a weird way, are, I don't want to say victims of it, but recently Khloe Kardashian, like... There was this big news story that she, a family member had accidentally shared a photo of her just natural in a bikini looking amazing mm. but it was unfiltered, unphotoshopped, unairbrushed and she did not control how her body looked in that photo and there was this uproar about it of her wanting this photo like removed from the internet which had the Streisand effect of that made Everyone people more interested in it yeah and she she kind of uploaded this big statement about how much Criticism of her and the way she looks and her body has affected her over the years, especially because in comparison to her sisters, she's taller, she was always bigger. The story of changing her body became her storyline for a long time. And reading that, I was kind of like, the call is coming from inside the house, Chloe. Mm. Like, these beauty standards do not just exist in the culture. Like, your family created them and you are as susceptible to that pressure as anyone. But I also think it's the pressure to exist online and be perceived and have your image be your value that I think they in a lot of ways pioneered like their job for a long time was to look good in photographs and when you know they started their show before social media and so when Instagram and Snapchat and all of these platforms took off like their job was to work on their body and then broadcast their body.
0: So they really rode that first wave of Instagram?
2: Yeah, 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 absolutely. And they made that a viable career, which we see in influencer culture being, you know, people have taken that and run with it.
1: What's your talent? It is a talent to have a brand that's really successful off of getting people to like you, for you.
0: You've turned you into an empire worth in excess of $100 million, I've read.
1: So I would think that has to involve some kind of talent.
0: All right, let's talk about the political side of things. You mentioned that Donald Trump is America's first reality TV president. We've actually seen photos of him meeting with Kim Kardashian. She's become increasingly vocal on a a range of different political issues. She's studying for the bar now to become a lawyer. I think I remember her talking on the show about how she failed her baby bar
2: I think she failed the baby bar twice. Um, The
0: baby bar is sort of like a pre-bar exam? I think
2: so. I think in California there's some kind of... I mean, I'm not going to pretend to be an expert on this. (laughs) Literally all I know about it is from watching Keeping Up With The Kardashians. But in the final season, the 20th season, she takes the bar, which I think is like a seven-hour exam. She fails and then she studies to take it again while infected with COVID. (laughs) Her entire family, including her kids, all had COVID and she was studying to take the bar again. And I believe she failed the second time, but she's like determined to take up her father's legacy and become a lawyer based on this kind of drive she has around criminal justice reform to free, I think it's non-violent criminals, mostly like drug offences, uh, like historical drug offences, people and, who and have been wrongfully imprisoned for like and decades. And what
0: prompted her meeting with Trump, is that right?
2: Yeah, so we watched on the show. She discovered um, the case of this woman called Alice Johnson who was in prison for something like 20, 25 years um, and met with Donald Trump to basically request that Ms Johnson be pardoned. One week after that Oval Office meeting, Alice was released from prison. Thank you, Jesus. Ah, it was Kim Kardashian West who called Alice with the good news. I believe she said you can go home. When she said that. I went into full-fledged Pentecostal holy dance. We watched on the show her on the phone to Alice telling her that she was free from prison, not realising that she was the first person to tell her this. Wow. So Kim Kardashian's, like, naked, oiled up in the middle of a photo shoot telling a woman that she's essentially single-handedly freed her from prison. Like, it's pretty incredible.
0: And that sort of, in a way, sort of summarises the apex of where she's ended up, which is this extraordinarily influential beauty fashion figure who is kind of leveraging that profile, as well as what seems like a genuine interest in some areas of social justice reform to free black women from prison. You're now transitioning to become a lawyer. Will you pull back on... Presenting
2: yourself so suggestively or sexually. I thought about
1: this, and then I thought, you can do it all. You can do whatever you want. Like when I, I remember going to the White House one time, and I was like, I just posted a bikini pic. I hope you know they're not looking at my Instagram while I'm you know in here. Right. And then I thought, you know what, you got to be you. But I
2: will. She, you know, she says she gets letters every week, like hundreds of letters every week from people who are in prison have heard about what she's doing and want her to take a look at their case she's working with lawyers like she has a team around her who bring her the cases to focus on and she uses her influence and like access to celebrity i don't know about her access to Joe Biden but you know she's working to make that like kind of the next stage of her career she has a reality show called the Kim Kardashian Justice Project as well so it's kind of combining all of these areas that she's really experienced in for like a greater good
0: After the break, we're going to go right back to the very beginning of Keeping Up With The Kardashians. Let's wind the tape back and go back to where this all started. I'm pretty familiar with Keeping Up With The Kardashians. I've seen... I would say most of the show, When most of the show, I'd say probably 80 to 90% of the show. Yeah. I find it pretty compelling to watch. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, for me, it can be both like interesting when there are characters involved that I really like. For example, when Kanye kind of entered the scene, mm-hmm. that was a moment where I started to invest really heavily in the show. Oh, yeah. But, you know, I've I've kind of gone back and watched it from the start. But my knowledge of like where Kim kind of came from is pretty limited. Mm-hmm. My My vague memory is that She was friends with Paris Hilton, Mm -hmm. and Paris Hilton had that reality show with Nicole Mm Richie, and maybe Kim sort of featured on that occasionally. Can you tell me if I'm right or wrong? Almost. 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 Yeah, you're almost
2: right. right. So, I mean, I mentioned her dad before. That's kind of where the story starts. Robert Kardashian Sr. was best friends and one of the defense attorneys during OJ Simpson's murder trial. I asked you if you yourself doubt OJ Simpson's
0: Innocence. I have doubts.
2: I was a kid when that happened. I was five years old when that murder trial was going on. So I didn't know if Robert Kardashian was a household name, but I'm (laughs) going to bet no, (laughs) Mm. unless you were like closely following that world. But as they grew up, the Kardashian sisters so it's Kim, Courtney, and Chloe they opened a store. They had a kids' clothing store in Calabasas. And then later they opened Dash, which was kind of this chain of Oh, very bad uh, boutiques, <laughs> um, Courtney, the elder sister, was the first to appear in reality TV. She was on this show called uh, Filthy Rich Cattle Drive, which I think was like you know, sure. rich Californian <laughs> private school kids being sent into like a you know a wacky series of adventures, which was the premise of a show like The Simple Life. So Paris Hilton Nicole Ritchie had to go and like make money doing, you know, regular, regular people shows job. yeah. 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 <laughs> um so yeah, Kim was this kind of girl about LA. Welcome to my family.
1: Right.
2: I'm Kim Kardashian.
1: The princess is in the building.
2: She was invariably, like, Paris Hilton's best friend. Sometimes they describe her as a stylist. She describes herself as, like, her um, wardrobe, closet organiser. Like, she had this job kind of helping her... Fine tune her closet. I don't know. I don't know how accurate any of this is. I mean, as in, like, how, as in the, what the perception
0: versus what was actually happening, or in how much
2: they describe it as this versus Paris just being like, you can come to nightclubs with me and be photographed <laughs> with me, you know, which I think is probably more the case. Yeah, yeah. They, at the time, I think it's important to remember, like I mentioned, The Hills was kind of going on at the time, The Simple Life, but then also shows like Newlyweds um, and The Osborns, where famous people got reality shows. It's this genre called celeb reality. This was like pre-recession where we wanted to see how wealthy people lived. And the Kardashians kind of were in this middle ground, I think, between true celebrity and just like, they describe it as like the Brady Bunch, like this really dysfunctional Brady Bunch. Ryan Seacrest came to a dinner, I think, at, at the Kris Jenner's request, saw the family all interacting and was like, okay, let's put a camera crew in here. Mm. And that's kind of where history was made. Kylie Jenner was 10 years old and was pretending to dance on a stripper pole. Like it was wild scenes. Um, That was in 2007. And a few months uh, before filming started, Kim Kardashian's sex tape with Ray J leaked. That's what made her a household name. Yeah, Yeah. I think
0: that's probably when she kind of burst into mainstream news headlines.
2: Yeah.
0: I mean, 2007, in a way, was not that long ago, but also was so long ago in terms of the way that we talk about women in particular and and sexuality. And I think a lot of people now look back and reflect on how a woman like Kim was so savvy in being able to leverage Mm. that moment to build this, billion-dollar mm. reality empire, but no one was saying that at the time. Back then, everyone was being very, very critical of Kim, yeah. who seemed to be the victim of revenge porn.
2: Yeah, absolutely, she absolutely was. In a similar way to Paris Hilton, you know, her uh, sex tape of her and her boyfriend was came out, I think, a few years earlier, again around the premiere of The Simple Life. So, yeah, Kim's sex tape came out early in 2007 and the show premiered in October of that year. So there were more eyeballs on the show than would have been otherwise she said in the reunion of the like the final season that if she could take back one thing in her career it would be the sex tape but also undoubtedly it made the show you know more relevant or made more mm. people tune into mm. it so it's this real kind of push and pull like you said we spoke about women and revenge porn we didn't even have that term at the time so for a lot of her career it has been described as, like, this opportunistic thing where rumours of her and her mother having some deal to get the tape out there because it would make her more famous. But I kind of think you look at what happened to someone like Paris Hilton, people didn't look kindly on the women involved in these things. Yeah, it's a pretty
0: long bow to draw to say that, like, women really succeed when they become headlines because of their sexuality or when they're private sex tapes are released. It, yeah. it's, sort of, it's sort of like this retroactive narrative, I think, that we're putting on it mm-hmm. when it was not at all obvious at the time that the leaking of a sex tape would lead to someone becoming immensely powerful and successful.
2: No, absolutely not. And I think it would it would frame Kim as not very, you know, in an unfavourable light, which was not what they wanted going into her starring in a reality show. She's the first to admit, though, that In that era, she was eager to be known.
1: Did you guys know that I'm like the number one Google search last week? Oh my God, Kim, shut up. You're so into yourself. And then yesterday... Do you also know that you were the number two on The Dumbest People (laughs) (laughs) from the New York Post? (laughs) As long as they're talking about me, honey.
0: So the show comes out in October 2007. Mm -hmm. You said that it, you know, and I think you're totally right. It gets more eyeballs and more media hype because of... The events preceding it particularly Mm -hmm. the sex tape we're going to talk a lot about the show but for people that have never seen it before let's let's start by just explaining how it actually works he said that ryan seacrest the executive producer walked in to a family dinner and said i need to film this dynamic Mm -hmm. so obviously there's a quite a big family the family's grown over Mm -hmm. the years some characters have moved in some have moved out there's also characters around the periphery Mm -hmm. of the kardashians themselves but what does that actually look like in Practice because when you describe that as a concept, it doesn't seem super exciting.
2: Yeah, I think the best way to think of it is a, is a family sitcom. You know, they they construct pretty obviously constructed like hijinks to get into.
1: Wait, mom, I have to talk to you. This has all been a prank.
2: Are you out of your mind? You know, like let's prank mum and dad.
1: <laughs> <laughs> what in the hell are you guys doing? Did it
2: put it out? Let's sabotage Kim's big photo shoot by, like, pulling faces at her behind the camera. Say what? Got you! (laughs) These kind of, like, hijinks really defined a lot of the start of the show. You know what we should do? We should TP mom's home. For what? For TPing my home. You're watching people who aspired to be famous become famous before your very eyes, Um, but you're also watching them kind of uh, lean into these like we're just like any other family. We're Mm. really normal and like play pranks on each other. And that was essentially what the show was for a really long time. Like you would not have gone back 15 years ago and thought this show will run for 20 seasons and by the end these will be – the closest thing America has to a royal family.
0: Yeah, totally. Like you
2: just would never think that watching the early seasons.
0: Okay, so I feel like even if you've never seen an episode of the show, there's no way you've missed memes, right? There are Mm -hmm. so many iconic moments from this series that have popped up in – they've been referenced in other forms of popular culture. They've been The The standout one I feel like throughout the past decade that just keeps coming up more and more and more and more and has come up so much in the – pandemic, I think, when, you know, the disparity between people who have a lot of money and the rest of us has been so obvious is the moment <laughs> where Kim, I think they're in the Bahamas. Bora Bora. Bora Bora. She loses like a earring. A diamond earring. A diamond earring. And she's like really upset.
2: And Courtney. With like a baby on her hip, <laughs> just stands and watches her sister crying in the ocean and says, do you want to do the line? You do the line. You do the line. I'm with you Kim, there's people that are dying. I just told Kim, you. there's people that are dying. <laughs> That's perfect. There's people that are dying is, like, beautiful syntax. Like, it's incredible. It's
0: iconic. It's iconic.
2: You know, there's you're doing amazing, sweetie. Kim, you're algebra. doing amazing, push the, sweetie. Push this out. Toss. Which Ariana Grande cast Chris Jenner in a music video to say that line a few years ago. It's wild.
0: And so, obviously, the relationships between... The, the sisters as well are huge, like, sort of influences on how the show works. Mm-hmm. Kim has been
2: married three times during the course of the show? She's been married in the course of the show twice. Kim very famously married uh, Chris Humphreys, a basketball player. They got divorced after 72 days, famously, and then she and Kanye West uh, admitted that for years of hovering around each other, both of them being in and out of relationships at the wrong time, they have always been in love with each other and they got married in the most beautiful spectacle you've ever seen. <laughs> and that
0: is, as I said before, that that is the moment in which I started to really hook myself into this show. Yeah. Um, you know this.
2: That's ab- where they went to another level. Yeah. So let's yeah.
0: talk about that as well because I think, um, you know, it's sort of hard to talk about because you don't want to be super reductive and say, well, Kim needed, you know, someone like Kanye to mm-hmm. elevate her. I think that's kind of the broad narrative. A lot of people say that Kanye gave Kim this sort of legitimacy, led to them both being featured on the cover of Vogue. When you follow this stuff as closely as you and I do, it's certainly a very mutual symbiotic kind of relationship Mm -hmm. where Kanye could bring things and connections and a certain kind of quote-unquote legitimacy from some people to her, but Mm -hmm. also vice versa. Kanye found not just a muse but almost like a, a, a sort of canvas.
2: He also found a family, which mm. is, you know, not something to sneeze at. You know, he his mother died um, very early in his career. He once said, like, the thing he's most sad about in his life is that his mother never got to meet Kim and North. This was before they had three more kids. Um, yeah, they really f- seemed like to use the what the teens are saying now. They were twin flames. Like, they really...
0: Is that what the teens are saying?
2: Yeah. <laughs> it's not soulmates anymore, Oz. It's twin flames. Twin flames, all right. Um They really seemed like not to sound like a nerd. They seemed like soulmates. They seemed it made sense to see them together and to finally know that they had found each other. And like you said, it's not that Kim needed Kanye's legitimacy, but she and Chris very, um, you know, they weren't shy about the fact that they had a plan for Kim's career. It was always about Kim. Um, The family made the show work. Kim could never carry a show on her own. But as far as the, like, figure of celebrity. It was always about Kim. Mm. And I th- I just don't think that they could ever have imagined the levels that Kim could get to until Kanye came into the picture. Mm. You know, the first time Kim ever went to a Met Gala, she was Kanye's plus one and she was cropped out of photos mm. from like fashion... Publications. She was not supposed to be there. This was like, you know, this upper crust, high level celebrity event, and she was like a C list, if that. You know. Yeah. Um. And now you look at her, and and you know her sisters are collaborating with Giv or Givenchy, are like begging to dress them. She wears Balenciaga to her, you know, rehearsal dinner. When they got married, they had like, it was it Donatella Versace like touring her home? You know, like they Kanye exposed them to this level of celebrity fashion fame and culture that I don't think they could have achieved without him. It was much more about tabloid fame before that.
0: And it also sort of led into that idea of you know Kim Kardashian cursing Kanye artistically mm. which seemed not even seen was obviously deeply rooted in a kind of misogyny in mm. terms of the impact like when kanye released my beautiful dark twisted fantasy and then his next album after his relationship with kim was publicized was "Jesus," which was a controversial record in that it just sounded very different a lot of people didn't think it could live up to uh twisted fantasy but is a superb standout album. Mm. And I think because a whole track, I mean, a lot of that album talks about Kim, there's Bound 2, which is the final track, which is, you know, basically a biographical retelling of how he met her and how they fell in love.
2: Uh Uh-huh, honey. What you doing in the club on a Thursday? She said she only here for a girl birthday. They order champagne... but.
0: the iconic music video of those two on the, the motorbike together. Mm-hmm. It was very different for Kanye. Mm. I think it's still, I was listening to Bound to uh, on the way into the studio this morning. It's an amazing song. It's fun. It's an amazing it's song. Incredible. Jesus it's incredible. And
2: this is a, an amazing record. It's an amazing yeah.
0: record. And it's an amazing moment in pop culture. Do you remember when I think Seth Rogen and James Franco sort of took the piss out of yeah. it? But it, it sort of elevated them both and it, it established them as the king and queen of pop culture in yeah. the world. And Kim, for a long time, was sort of seen as this negative influence on Mm -hmm. Kanye. But as time went on, it became even more and more obvious how wrong that was. Kanye benefited from Kim's enormous popularity, particularly on social media. Like, it got to the point where Kim would tease his album releases on Instagram. Mm -hmm. And there's no question in my mind that that led to enormous financial success for him.
2: I think there's, yeah, I think you're getting at something really interesting, which is that people thought of it as, like, embarrassing for Kanye to be associated with this family. We're kind of forgetting, though, that, like, My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy came out before they were publicly together, but one of its best songs, Lost in the World, started as a poem he wrote for Kim.
1: You're my devil, you're my angel. You're my heaven, you're my hell. You're my now, you're my forever. You're my freedom, you're my jail. You're my
2: lies, you're my truth. They're kind of the Kardashian legitimacy went pretty hand-in-hand with the rise of the Kimye relationship. And I think, you know... Maybe it was just their branding powers combined. maybe it was just that their lives turned into something very different. He was doing his big fashion shows at Madison Square Garden. The entire family was there. Kendall became the world's biggest supermodel around the same time that Kanye started becoming a fashion designer. like these things that they were doing kind of i'm I'm making a motion of like braiding something together like it all became really you couldn't separate one one thing from the other. Kanye was an integral part of the family from like I think it's 2012 onwards. Mm. But, you know, the Kanye of it all on the show was really interesting. Um, you know, he he was on it occasionally. He did some talking heads in the last couple mm. of seasons, which was really bizarre. Like, I couldn't believe what I was seeing.
1: This is my first time doing this.
0: I'm not actually attempting to do good. This interview is because of the movie The Incredibles. The Why? Bi- it starts off with the interviews. The superheroes are giving interviews. The wife got a big butt, and I just see our life becoming more and more and more like The Incredibles until we could finally
2: fly. He famously, they were on a trip once, and he was doing a tour of, like, a design school, and in between shooting him speaking to, like, a professor, he starts directing the cameras to shoot him from the other end of the table, and he's like, no, it'll just look better. <laughs> and he said, uh, you know, in the start of their relationship, I don't really want to do this show because I don't respect the way it looks. He wanted them to shoot it like Kubrick. <laughs> <laughs> what if he did a shot right at the end yeah, so you can to see the, the entirety
0: they <laughs> the shooting of my wife's show, and I keep on, like, asking him to shoot it like it's Stanley Kubrick.
2: He just like had this very pure like artistic reason for not doing it. it. Was like It's kind of like no shade to Kim, but I just would do it differently, so I'm not going to do it. But they've always been very careful of only showing the parts of Kanye that they wanted us to see. Mm. And that gets really interesting when you start seeing not very flattering parts of Kanye. And, you know, he's had a very up-and-down journey in his personal and, like, mental health journey, but... You know, there was a year when Kim went to the Met Ball wearing this kind of wet-look outfit. It was very fitted. I don't think she could go to the bathroom. It was, like, full latex, moulded to fit her body, as if she'd just emerged from the water. And there's a scene in the show where he's telling her, essentially, like, my wife shouldn't be dressing Mm -hmm. like that. From being a rapper, like, looking at all these girls and looking at my wife, like, oh, my girl needs to be just like the other girls, showing her body off, showing this, showing
1: that. And I didn't realise that that was affecting, like, my soul and my spirit as someone that's married and loved of, and the father of, like, now we're about to be four kids. you built me up to have be this, like, sexy person and confidence and all this stuff. Yes. And Just because you're on a journey and you're on your transformation doesn't mean that I'm in the right... I'm in the same spot with
2: you. Mm. And it's a really dark moment where he kind of... You get the sense that she could use her body and be photographed and kind of show off her body when she was single or in other contexts, but when she's next to him, she shouldn't. Or mm. or he gets to decide when and where she does it. And that was a really dark thing to see. But also, you know, I used to be a huge fan of Kanye and having watched the show so much and knowing that they kept that in there for a reason. We only see what they want us to see. Something that I've been thinking about a lot since the finale aired is this idea that they let cameras into their family for the last 15 years and showed us everything. They were like, we filmed everything. We, I saw Kourtney Kardashian pull her baby out of her body on TV. And they give you this intimacy and they give you this access to their lives as their lives become increasingly wild and, like, unrelatable to anyone. And I think they use that access to then hide all the stuff that they don't want us to see. So they'll be like, we'll film our vacation or we'll film us having fights with one another and like literally ripping skin from each other's bodies but that means that when Kim says I'm not talking about the breakdown of my marriage on camera they they expect us to believe that we're seeing the truth.
0: That does remind me a lot of the royal family right where they have this relationship Absolutely. with the media and the public which is like here's some morsels for you we'll throw you some red meat to keep you distracted yeah but let us deal with certain things in-house.
2: Yeah yeah and that's really interesting because remember we're at the start of the the Oprah-Meghan Harry interview where Meghan kind of naively said, like, I didn't really understand royalty because in America we don't have anything mm. like this. We have celebrity. And I think the Kardashians live at this really weird apex of, like, celebrity tabloid culture and, like, like people are going to hate that I say this, but, like, royalty. Like, they, they have reached a kind of unreachable place in terms of, the level of money and protection around them and how much power and influence they have over the media that reports on them.
0: We're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back. Mm -hmm. I mean, one thing that I think about a lot when I watch this show and everyone accuses me of making everything about race, but, you know, it's not my fault. Everything is about race. (laughs) Um, The Kardashians and, you know, much smarter people than I have made this point, they have always wanted to associate themselves with blackness, with black culture, whether that's through fashion, the way they look or the people that they're in relationships with. When we're talking about the way that the Kardashians have sort of set a new standard of beauty and the way that, you know, you said that their physical look has transformed over the last decade and a half, Mm. the most obvious way that that has occurred, at least from where I sit, is in terms of skin colour. Can you talk to me a little bit about that?
2: Yeah, I mean, I think it's notable to say that the Kardashians take from blackness but don't acknowledge it maybe it was like ignorant of me to give them all the credit at the start. It it undoubtedly was because a lot of the trending that they have done has been kind of poached from black people, either in the wider world or in their personal lives. Whether it's in terms of beauty or trends or like just their place in pop culture, you can't separate the conversation about the Kardashians from a conversation about whiteness and the way that whiteness pulls from and exploits elements of black culture. Chloe Kardashian is on the cover of some magazine talking about how cool boxer braids are. And those are cornrows for black people with black hair. They are Armenian on their dad's side, but they fake tan to the point where they look, you know, as if they are as mixed as their children that they've had with you know, mm. black men. Um, there's also a conversation that has been going on, on online, which I don't feel entirely qualified to talk about, but it's it's something that I think maybe if people are interested they could read up on is the idea of like the way that the black people in their lives are disposed of in ways that white people are not. You know, Khloe Kardashian married and then split up from Lamar Odom, who had a very public kind of downfall, overdose, very sad kind of like addiction scenario. He is not in their lives anymore. And Scott Disick, who had three children with Courtney, has had similarly public issues with alcohol, sobriety. We watched him on the show like shove money into a waiter's mouth. We've seen Courtney like with a baby scream that he can't be in their lives anymore. He's still on the show. He mm. still has a relationship mm. with these people and he's like – a white Jewish guy from upstate New York. Like they're a very kind of like harsh contrast to be drawn between the way that mental health, addiction and the personal relationships with black people and the, especially the black men in their lives are um, retained versus the ones with the white men in their lives.
0: Hmm. Okay. So Brody, looking at Everything that we've been talking about, everything the Kardashians have contributed to the culture, changing the way we look, changing the way we use social media, the way that we watch and consume television, the way that we make television. Yeah. How do you think we should be thinking about the family now that the show is coming to its end or has come to its end?
2: I think to disregard everything that they have achieved is to really do a disservice to like the the, like, nous that went into it. Hmm. Like, this did not happen accidentally. The the Kardashians are not famous for being famous, which is always the thing used to it's kind of, like, line. denigrate yeah. them. Yeah. Um, I think it was Chris who said on the, one of the reunions, like, we're not famous for being famous. We're famous for having a TV show. And how many reality stars do you know who had a TV show in 2007 and are now billionaires? Hmm. Like, that is not... They are not just any reality stars. They are not just any like marketing people. They are not just any kind of like influencers or beautiful women or like shapewear creators. Like this is not normal. Mm-hmm. Is is the thing that I think it's important to remember like you cannot respect them if you choose to I'm not telling your listeners that they need to like be fans I'm I'm very like I have a complicated relationship to all of this but I think it's just to ignore them is to ignore trends the way media works the way that celebrity is created and sustained I think that's the big thing is that they have sustained this for a really long time and that is incredibly unusual
0: and talking about that sustainability. I mean, we're talking about the show ending, but they've just signed a deal with Hulu, the streaming platform yeah. owned by Disney, yeah. the biggest media company in the world. So they're not actually going away, are they?
2: Yeah, they're not going away. Who knows in what like what form that that new deal will take? Like they birthed a legacy truly, <laughs> like quite literally in that In twenty years, I'm sure that teenagers will be like, "Oh wait, Northwest's mum was a reality star." You know, like that's no teenager in fifteen years might know who OJ Simpson was, but they're gonna know who Northwest is, and they're gonna know who Penelope Disick and True Thompson, and you know, the children of of the core group of Kardashian, Jenner's Stormy Webster, you know.
0: (laughs) I already feel so old hearing you just say all that.
2: (laughs) I mean, Stormy, look out. That little girl has got some attitude (laughs) and I can't wait to see her reality show, truly.
0: Brody, thanks so much for joining me on The Culture this week. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the show. The Culture will be back in your feeds next week, as usual. If you've missed our previous episodes, go and check them out. So far, we've covered True Crime, The Fast and the Furious, Olivia Rodrigo. There's lots to get your ears around. The Culture is a weekly show from Schwartz Media. It's produced by Bez Zoder and Atticus Basto. Our editor-in-chief is Eric Jensen, and our theme music is by Hermitude. I'm Osman Furuki. See you next week.